I have to get something off my chest early. Oh, boy. This is the last week of high school football. Mm-hmm. One more team playing in Central Pennsylvania for a state title in Bishop McDevitt. It is week 14 sure. of the NFL season, 13. Something like We're that. somewhere towards the end. Yeah. College football is over because we are now in bowl season. And it is 65 degrees outside. I have put up seven Christmas trees. I have put up hundreds and hundreds of little tiny houses around my house i've baked christmas cookies i've been blasting christmas music since october and i still cannot get in the christmas spirit and we oh, are no. less than three weeks away and it is a problem for this me this is it's like a mental blockage i'm really struggling i don't understand why because it's 65 degrees no, no, no but what's holding you back oh that's specifically what yes. it is and you're immersed in this different world and I, you're watching your terrible Hallmark movies? Yes, and I still can't get into the spirit. Maybe it's because the movies are bad. No, it's because <laughs> it's too warm outside. It is. We live in Pennsylvania, Logan. It should be snowing by now. I agree. Okay. So what are we going to do about it? Should we get some fake snow, create it? 100%. The little, like soap shavings. Yes. I need it in my life so that I can finally move into playoff football. Ooh, we should with do a right show mindset. outside at night when it turns like 30 and be like, Merry Christmas, everyone. Okay. I think that's what the people want. I think that's what we should do. To see us struggling. Because they already see it enough on a daily basis, but we could really harp it up there. Producer Steve wants us to sing Christmas carols. Yes. We'll get some hot chocolate. But in a different state. We'll do our show outside. We'll go go to Antarctica (laughs) and we'll have a Christmas show. Sounds good to me. I'm worried about you though. That's concerning. We should probably talk about sports in the meantime to get your mind off things. All right, let's get into it. Should we talk about the NFL? Sure. I feel like it's the most pressing topic on everyone's mind. Nobody knows what's happening. Again. For the entire season, we have felt this way, Logan. And it's been great. It's been stellar. Parity in the NFL was desperately needed. So much so that we have gone all the way around for the teams that are good or bad, the teams that win consistently, don't win consistently. The one consistency in the NFL, the Patriots are the one seed in the AFC. And even that, you know, (laughs) is it really that consistent, though? Compared to the because last two think decades? About, well, I'm talking about specifically just to this season because they mm. started two and four. Yes. And I mean, you have teams that, you know, started awful again, like the Chiefs and from their scheme of things. Um, everybody's had ridiculous ebbs and flows over the course of the year. There's not been one steady team you have faith in. And I think that's going to be the theme of the show. And I think that that's exciting as a football fan to mm-hmm. see some new some I think new it's life. exciting from a standpoint of somebody who's maybe not a massive fan of a team. Okay. It's like the way that like I am. Of the sport. It's like a way that I am with college football because I don't really have a squad. Yeah, you just kind of root for the sport exactly. as a whole. Except college people definitely would not root for the sport in the NFL because they most likely hate it. It is a good point. It is a good point. No, but I think that's my point is that it's we've almost come full circle mm-hmm. in that at the end of the year, um, I think it, I think it's Tom Brady talks about it all the time, right? Like football doesn't really matter until after Thanksgiving, like mm-hmm. whatever you do in the beginning of the season. And we're seeing now after one week post-Thanksgiving going into the second week, the teams that are good are good again. Yes, or at least we think so. Let's because would so. we really be – this has been the theme of the year, though, is that we think we have it all figured out, and then the next week nobody has remotely any idea what happened. Best thing that happened last And then we week? just cling on to new takes, and then those are wrong. And then the next week we're like, all right, I think we got to figure it out, and then those are wrong, and it keeps going and over and again. It keeps us employed. It does. It keeps us employed. It keeps the conversation uh, – Refreshing. Best thing you saw last week. Let's start there. From any team? Yep. Oh, Gardner Minshew. Gardner Minshew. All that's right. That's my guy. Was that the um, the dad celebration in the parking lot part of that? That was pretty great too. <laughs> was that awesome. wasn't the reason. That wasn't the reason why. I think his well, one. It was the fact that he was wearing. I feel like there's a very select amount of people that can get away with any outfit mm. in the world, mm. like any look. And he's 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 one of those few men. I think he was wearing like a pilot flight or like a 1950s type of like fur on the top. And then he, the one with the mustache covered in patches, right? Are we yes. the same one? Yeah. Um, it works. I think it might be the mustache that allows him to pull. But all like, that think off. about when, like, was it Ryan Fitzpatrick went out in Deshaun Jackson's outfit? Like that didn't, re- well, it kind of worked, but it didn't really work, but it kind of worked. It worked because it was ridiculous, but like Gardner wears something you're like, that's not that ridiculous. No, it looks you know? like he's supposed to wear it. Exactly. Yeah. I think it's the facial hair effect. It is. But even if he didn't have it, I would still believe I would still believe in it. I don't think you would believe in him nearly as much if he didn't and have it. And on top mustache. of the fact that he was twenty of twenty five. 
I think it was an impressive performance, especially considering the way his career has gone, where he just right. continues to be a backup. Here's the thing that I don't understand, though, is that, and I guess it makes sense because Philly trading for him in the offseason, he hasn't really got a chance chance. You look at him statistically for his career, I think he was 37 touchdowns to 11 picks before this week. Mm. I don't really understand. In terms of like these terrible quarterbacks that teams are pushing out there on a week-to-week basis, why would he not get another chance? Like Clearly, he's not going to win in Jacksonville. Like he was a quarterback of a team that was technically one in fifteen, mm-hmm. but he was on a terrible team, mm-hmm. and there was like these absolutely brutal guys. Like I was looking back at the Jaguars' stats of what they decided to go with instead of Minshew towards the end of there. They put in Mike Glennon. <laughs> like, was that a better option than him? Like, even if you're not winning the games, and it's just it's so evident of these retreads that the league goes through, whether it be coaches or quarterback. Like, does Joe Flacco deserve to like start over Minshew in so many ways? I guess the only I know that they shipped him out of town, but technically Flacco got to start a game this year before Minshew did. I guess the 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 idea is that Flacco has the poise of an older quarterback. Well, we just saw it this week. Minshew was as poised like as it gets, but it's just like you almost have to convince yourself into that. Well, he's been in the league for so long, even if your arm is shot, which clearly a guy like Minshew's is not at all. But like we can. They, the league just convinces themselves into, well, this is what we know as opposed to what we don't know, which is ultimately yes. ironic because we draft all these guys like a Trey Lance or a Jordan Love, what we just don't know at all, but then those are the exceptions that we think, well, they have potential. But then we like see it for maybe a year or two with Minshew and go, ah, he doesn't have it because the wins aren't translating. Everyone's a hypocrite, as usual. Especially in the NFL. Yeah. I think it also could be, you know, you think about the guys that you're talking about, Jordan Love, Trey Lance, they're bigger guys of course so i think you're willing to take a it's chance held against, on it's held against them but like if you go out and you're productive like Minshew has shown to be in his career like what's the problem like i think he deserves to be a, to get another starting chance does i mean he'll be you know over the moon successful who knows but like deserving of another chance opposed to some of these terrible quarterbacks in the league i'm gonna does trevor simeon deserve to like be the guy in new orleans before somebody like that i'm gonna throw so all bad. of philadelphia into a tizzy does he deserve to start no, over Jalen Hurts? No, he doesn't. Why? No, because Hurts is still the guy and good, and he's completely led this season, and he's gotten better as the year's gone along. But I mean, we do need to keep perspective. As much as I love Gardner, the Jets are a terrible football team, especially defensively. I love the performance, too, but it is true. You have teams, like, I think Mac, they Patriots put up, like, 50-something on them. The Bills put up 40-something on them, like, all within the last month before it. Mm-hmm. Tua was looking like, you know, a god but the week before against them, too. So some perspective. It's not worthy enough of Hertz being like, you know what? Sit on the back burner. It would also go completely against everything that Sirianni has done and the Eagles organization because you saw how mad they got at that week set. Yeah, it would have been week 17 at the time last year when they chose, my gosh, what was his name? Sudfeld mm-hmm. to Nate go Sudfeld. in the fourth quarter yeah. of that. So you know how that goes. Sorry, your point. Resident Eagles fan, producer Shiner, making a triumphant return to the podcast. It we is. kicked him out for a few weeks, but he's back with Did us. We? Okay. Yeah, we put him on a timeout. Back and better than ever, as they like to say. First James Harden. Would you prefer at all a situation where Minshew is your starting quarterback? You know, I've been thinking about it, and Logan makes the best point of all is the fact that this was the Jets. Mm -hmm. And this was a Jets team that was preparing for Jalen Hurts and got Minshew mania. But I also feel like they would have gotten carved up even if they knew. Agreed, agreed. But... uh, Minshew kind of reminds me of Jeff Garcia's stint with the Eagles. He Mm. came in when McNabb got injured and led them to the playoffs, but it was more because they didn't know, the other teams didn't know what they were getting out of Jeff Garcia. And Jeff Garcia is a very Minshew-esque type player. I love A little undersized. I liked him a lot. Has that kind of like, you know, terrier dog kind of swagger. Yeah, and you know. Sneaky mobile. Exactly. Sneaky mobile. Agile. But if you look at the way the game itself went, they really didn't put too much on Minshew's plate. I mean, they started out with, what, two huge screens to Goddard to get him those big chunks early on, and they just didn't really put him at risk, and they still ran the ball, what, almost 40 times, And that's what you do with backup quarterbacks, though. You don't necessarily hand him the keys and say, let's go, and it's also he's very much still learning the entire offense. Like, he has had what would be technically a full season but in reality when you get traded for the last i think the second to last week of the preseason you don't have a full off you know you well, don't have and, a full off season where he came belt. from i mean yeah. he was being replaced he's never been actually coached before you know but he was being replaced by a, a top draft pick yeah. you know and i i think he's probably the best case scenario as like that plug and play backup quarterback that can always do good for you but mm-hmm. over the extended time of a season it might end up catching up which you, is so ridiculous you might about be right but i think we in jacksonville he deserves you know? another chance to prove that 
I agree. Like he could be a Agreed. career backup. Who's to say? Yeah. But we throw all of these guys that are very clearly career backups in front of him as opposed to actually giving him a chance. What is, and there's so many teams that need quarterbacks. But, that's the big thing. Like I mean, so many. But, but they're just wanting to lose so they get the draft pick of somebody that they don't know as opposed to maybe a little bit more proof. Before we get too far into the episode, be a friend. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen. Please rate us five stars and leave us a review. All right, back to the episode. What is Jalen Hurts' biggest asset to the Eagles? One one sentence. What is it? His legs. Uh, I would say his leadership, which is also another reason why. Okay. To me, here here's here's where I think. Did you just mean X's and O's wise? Yes, I mean X's. Oh, okay, and O's. then that. Well, I guess it, it, it still, still matters. It can still apply. It still matters, but um, it's his legs, right? Yeah. It's his ability mm -hmm. to be a dual threat quarterback, right? When you look at Nick Sirianni and what he's built his career on, what he wants in a quarterback, the man only talked about passing ability, his wideouts, how that that works. I don't know if Nick Sirianni is ready for a dual threat quarterback in that in the last eight games that Jalen Hurts played he never attempt or he never completed more than 200 yards of passing except for one time against the Raiders his his last 300 yard plus game was against Kansas City my point is is that Gardner Minshew is a passing quarterback more so than he is with his legs and I think it fits Nick Sirianni so much so that his stats are way better than Jalen Hurts has been for the last five weeks well also Jalen in Hurt, five weeks Jalen Hurts has been touchdowns. much more efficient than he's been all year in the last couple of weeks it's also the game plan that you do they've been running the ball a lot more like you don't have to have 200 300 pass yard games to be efficient like five, Hurt, Hurts has been in the top five in QBR all of the last four, four or five weeks he's played okay but you that's wanna, hard to do but that's not being bad he's not throwing picks and everything he's being official mm. Steve just three, saw him play the Broncos but Three touchdowns, four interceptions in the last five games. They've also run the ball almost 40 times. And yes. you know what they've been doing when they did that? Actually winning games. Exactly. So it's also what you're asked of, too. Like, who's to say that Gardner Minshew goes out the next week? That's why we need to keep perspective. It's not his performance will not be exactly what happens every single week, the same way that Hurts isn't. But when you're getting better over the course of the season, that's something that you don't just replace of a guy. And also, where would they be mentally if they did that? Well, here's the thing. I mean... I, I like Gardner Minshew, and I think he's a good quarterback, but I think the NFL knows that he is Teddy Bridgewater. He doesn't have, like, a super live arm. If you watch the game, he threw some checkdowns pretty often. The two touchdowns were, like, kind of lofty passes to tight ends, or one tight end. I don't know. He's not really going to lose you the game, but I don't think Minshew's going to go out and pop like Hurts could. Yeah, I mean, Goddard actually had to come back on the one touchdown pass and then made a great move for the end zone. So it was actually an underthrown pass that went to a touchdown. So I I think he's the best backup quarterback you can have in the league right now. But no one's willing to take that also, next step. Also, deceptive stat alert. You just completely negated his rushing from all those games and running for three touchdowns against the Saints. I, I can't with you. Absolutely Select negating the agenda. Selective all, stats. You literally just said the best, biggest asset is his running, and then you threw out passing stats and did not even acknowledge no, the rushing because, stats. No, because my point on it is that I think a pass-first quarterback suits right. Nick Sirianni but better they haven't than a done run that. first. They've been making him run a bunch. He has like 15 rushing attempts a game. That's my point. That doesn't make sense. My point if is... If you say Nick Sirianni wants to do that and he's focusing on the run game, that doesn't make any sense. Because if you have... I think there's there's this mentality with coaches, good coaches, right? That you... <laughs> oh, we don't know. You adjust... But that's the thing. You adjust yeah. your game plan to who mm -hmm. you have. If you have a run-first quarterback, you want him to be rushing first. Yes. Right? Mm -hmm. If you are a pass-first coach and that's your mentality, no matter how good your quarterback is at running the ball, your thought is, I would like to be passing on all plays. Mm -hmm. You're not going to jive necessarily with your quarterback in the sense where we saw it in the beginning of the season where they're rushing one, two times a game. Mm -hmm. Nick Sirianni tried to do that with Jalen Hurts, tried to make it a pass-first offense. It wasn't working. Now he's sort of adjusted, but he goes back to Gardner Minshew, who is more of a pass-first check down, like Steve said, but passing first, and it worked. But they're driving because they adjusted and they're running the ball and passing it more efficiently. They didn't just choose one thing, which and is the ultimate point of adapting, is that you're now doing both things as opposed to the one that wasn't working. And they played the Jets. Yes. I think we see... But they also... He had three rushing touchdowns against the best run defense in the NFL in New Orleans. You guys are all united. I'm just saying, I think we see all the time head coaches and quarterbacks not driving, guys going to different situations and looking like a different... Mm -hmm. quarterback different player I don't know if Jalen Hurts I think he's a great quarterback I don't know if he's the right quarterback for Nick Sirianni but they've I, been proving it the last couple of weeks 
I'm just saying they didn't. They didn't against they the Giants. Been, I will say that they 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 haven't They're been proving it with Jalen Hurts' quarterback play. Right. They've been doing it with the run game, mm-hmm. and the one knock on Jalen was that once he sees that first or second read, his initial thought process is to he scramble. also needs to get some guys that can catch the ball that'd be sick that that would help that'd be that dope. would help like you know by the way <laughs> i don't even think he needs to be mentioned jalen rager needs to be it anyway. out of the league i mean it speaks for itself over. like what's the point of hammering it over the head at this point because we, we've had this conversation that the they all but i knew how you felt i like didn't need, you know what i mean like it speaks for itself again but they keep drafting the same type of receiver but they need Small, to actually fast. get some contrast yeah, because these guys get—they just draft these like college receivers that are specifically only do like one thing. Sick catch readers. Did I just sort of talk? And not even—I wouldn't even say well, like all of all of his drops. I know, but all—it's just ironic. Did yeah. I just sort of talk Shiner into my take a little bit? Well, I was actually Jalen Rakers going to support your <laughs> no. take a little bit. The fact that yes, the thing that Jalen Hurts does wrong is that he doesn't stay in the pocket and he then will rush mm-hmm. at the first sign of adversity which then leads to him using his legs in a positive manner, but it was originally a pass play. I just mm-hmm. am always nervous of quarterbacks who rely too heavily on that because RG3 was the perfect example of it, and his career was never the same after he had a I think Hurts, well, I also think that they're Wentz built. Like, Hurts is built, and given that he's had ankle issues, but Hurts is built in the sense of, and I think he's actually pretty smart about the hits and where to dump off because I think it's, it's almost, not that they're apples to apples, but it's what, Brady's done to stay, you know, relatively healthy for the course of it is that you pick and choose your spots of where you want to get hit. And if you're a young quarterback, there's honestly a lot of lessons in that where it's like, find those spots. And even he's a sturdy guy, um, even though there's a run pass balance, I think he's starting to get more and more where to dump off. We also have to remind ourselves, it's kind of his de facto rookie year in a lot of ways. I think if we're not even through the season, though, and he's already being sacked 21 times, not including the fact of how many times he gets tackled outside of the pocket. I mean, look at Big Ben. He's like a 20-something-year veteran. He gets sacked like This is the thing. is Right now, at 20, however old Jalen Hurts is, what, 20, doesn't say, 23-ish? Let's just guess, 23. 24. His de facto rookie year is real first full season in the NFL. If he's getting hit this much... RG3 looked great for the first three years in Washington. And Andrew Luck got absolutely beat up his first year. So, like, who's to say? So but much he's so that also, he never came back. Yeah, but that's a completely different story where it's like he had no offensive line and at least the Eagles get back pieces on that front. But he's also gotten better over the course of the year, which is all you can ask for. Hence why the team has. This, this whole year was about proving if Jalen Hurts is the guy. I think we've gotten more of the good on that answer than we have the bad. And this is a very picky market, and people are very picky about their quarterbacks. And I think you'd ask a lot of these pessimistic fans about that, and they would still give you credence that he would still be the guy. You know who should be the most But they also think Gardner Minshew's the guy right now, so who knows? That's the thing. You can't can't trust an Eagles fan. Uh, The most pessimistic fan base, however, right now in the area, maybe in the AFC North. Oh, boy. It's the Steelers. You think they're pessimistic? Well, we can't. I take, live. I literally. We can't like, take anything Damon Turbitt says for face value because he will be the most optimistic for the rest. Well, of the that's season. the entire fan base, though. I don't believe that's true. They really are. I don't think they really are. The Steelers as a whole are thrilled with how the season is going. Probably not, but they are not giving up hope. And they also still think they're a Super Bowl contender. That's it. That's the problem with. All right, so let's put ourselves. No, no in disrespect. The, let's put ourselves in the not mindset at all if you're of the Steelers, the truth. and they would agree. That, not that that's a bad thing. I mean, you said what? What Lenny thought the Eagles were going to the Super Bowl after beating we don't a couple go, weeks ago. We don't need ago. to talk about that. So, like, just saying, don't go too far on the other end. But there's put yourself in the mindset of the Steelers. I don't want to do it anyways. Okay. And decide what would give them the confidence right now to even be a playoff team. Is it the fact that the rest of the AFC North is down? Is it the fact? No. So what is it? I would say it's TJ Watt alone and the actual fact that they can get pressure on guys. Can that's one player a win a Super Bowl that's not a no, quarterback? No, well, you just asked a different question. You said to get in the playoffs. Wait, Steve's nodding so emphatically. You think one player can win a Super Bowl other than the quarterback? Well, he, uh, he saw it happen. He saw it happen. He yeah. saw it happen. I kind of do. Give us With evidence. Vaughn Miller? Exactly. Yeah, totally. Ray Lewis? Come on. Give it. I mean, that you was need the easiest thing I ever walked too. into. Well, I teed you up for it. All right. <laughs> no, on. I'm just saying. I think. It's... I mean, th- those were really good all-time defenses. Even like yeah. secondary-wise, those those are really good teams. That's 
what's the question you're painting? Because you just said to get in the playoffs, and then you said the Super Bowl. Well, yeah, this I'm is kind very of all different. over the place. But here's my thing: is what at you think it's T.J. Watt that gives you enough confidence that you can even make you it asked into for the something playoffs. to put myself in the in the shoes of a Steelers fan, mm-hmm. the ones that we just said were Irrational. amazingly po- optimistic, and I'm giving you the rationale for why. Because even the last play on that two point conversion is the ultimate evidence of why is that he disrupts every single play. Do I think that they stay healthy and he's had problems staying healthy throughout the course of the year? No. My biggest thing is that can they win a game where they actually both teams score over 20? I think maybe one of the two might be the Bears game, and we saw where they go, and the fact that that was super close at the end. So it's it's more so can they win? That's why I don't think they'll win in the playoffs, even if they get there, because they can only win one type of game. But if they can do that in the regular season— the Ravens are ultimate evidence of that. They win a certain type of game throughout the course of the regular season, year in and year out. But when the game changes in the playoffs, they can't keep up, which is also another example of what we saw on Sunday afternoon with that matchup. I think we've talked a lot about, though, the Steelers' offense fading into oblivion. That's the thing that would not give me the, confidence. That's the thing. So we're at that point of the season where, you know, 11-0, and five, or 11 and, 0, and then all of a sudden they end the season very, very, very average. Mm-hmm. Are they trending up or trending down right now? Because I think we're waiting for, for them to completely fall off a cliff like they did last season. It's true. And when you look at their path, they have left at the Vikings on Thursday night versus the Titans, at the Chiefs, against the Browns, at the Ravens. That's not mm, an easy end. Not at all. Yeah, they could win every game or lose every game. Well, here's the game. thing, too. And I we think keep, they could lose every game except for saying. this next I one. I think I wouldn't be surprised if they won some of those games. But I mean, right, and we we keep talking about the so the last couple of seeds in the AFC are for the most part going to be pretty good teams record wise. Given their seventeen games, you're going to likely have to be, I would think, at least two games over five hundred to do that. Which is why the the tie could kill them. Mm. It could benefit them, but it could also kill them because they could be technically one and a half games over five hundred and miss out by that half a game because you have te- what is it? The Chargers, the Bengals, and who's the last seed in right now? I just had it pulled up, nonetheless. But there's a bunch of teams competing for those spots. Oh, the Bills. That would be the last one in right now. Like, do you have faith that those, not only do the Steelers have to, you know, do what they do, but they would also have to get the benefit of the doubt those teams losing. Keep in mind, Steelers lost twice to the Bengals. So they're not getting any, like, they might not need the tiebreaker because of the ties, but, like, those teams are ahead of them for a reason. So they would need help, too. So it's, it's almost, yes, the path is one thing, and that's tough, but what are the path for those other teams? I think the thing about the AFC North, other than any other division, at least Damon in the AFC. Damon says it's the hardest division of all time. Okay, not of all time. That's ridiculous. <laughs> well, he also loves the term of all time. Well, AFC West, true. <laughs> AFC West and AFC North are, they have the exact same picture almost right now. Right. But they're, they're, any one of those teams could win three games here, the rest of, you know what I mean? And, mm-hmm. and make it in as the division representative. So it's like there's a path for all of these teams, even the Browns, to make it in if Baker Mayfield can decide what he wants to do with yeah, his life. I don't have much faith in the Browns. But I my, said it before the year and I will echo it now. But by record, it's possible for all of them to make it and in. And they yeah. all play each other at right. the end of the season, the way the NFL has set up these mm-hmm. division Brilliant. games at the end. I mean, the, the one thing you really need to pay attention to. And we're not even talking to, about though, the Colts, too. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm going to bring up. Is the 13th seed right now? The 13th seed has six wins. Yeah. Yeah. That that's only three teams in the AFC that are not in the playoff hunt right now with only what four more games left in the season? Yeah. So it's crazy. I mean, it's it's almost the fading is one part of the conversation. Mm -hmm. But the other part is you don't control your own destiny in any way, shape, or form. No, not anymore. So why would we, again, here's, um, I think my take up said, we have all of this evidence, and for some reason, we just go a completely against that the opposite will happen, despite what's in front of our face. Do things happen that, you know, are unpredicted all the time? Yes. But based on the evidence of what we've had, of what they've been over the last couple of years, at this time of year, we now think that this year will be an exception. With an older quarterback, the defense, like I'm saying, is yeah. good. But they they were winning, at least last year, they were winning different types of games. They don't do that anymore. No. With a losing record possible? It's possible because of the tie. It is. (laughs) I think that tie was literally like it signed, sealed, and delivered the year in a lot of sense. The seventh playoff team as well makes it a little bit easier to get in with the losing record. It does. It does. And usually we've kind of seen that there's a bad team, but the way that it's been trending over the last couple weeks is that there will be, at least on the NFC side of things. Um, You know, it's really interesting. You want to get into it. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think anything's guaranteed for the Ravens. 
I think we have to talk about it because the Ravens at the top of the AFC North right now could change. Why do you think it will change? Well, can you paint up their path? Okay, fine. Good path talk. I'll do my work. I got it here. And what, you ready? You got it. Oh, okay. You go got ahead. At Browns, home against the Packers, at Bengals, home against the Rams, home against the Steelers. Three home games, two road games against the Browns. Struggling All Browns. Games. If, and they, if they were to go two and three in that stretch. They're in. Who would the two wins be? Browns? Steelers? It would likely be the Browns. And well, who knows? Let's not let's not paint that. Oh, let's okay. just say oh, for so two sorry. or three. So let's just sorry. say for two or three. And I think that's being pretty gra- uh, pretty gracious, mm-hmm. given the schedule. Because obviously the Packers, one of the best in the NFC, as we know, they got absolutely worked by the Bengals at home. If the Rams figure out, that could be one thing. And then they just lost to the Steelers in a very gross game. Very gross game. Yeah. And this is all to say that usually division opponents split. So given that Cleveland, and that was a terrible game too with mm-hmm. Cleveland. Are any of those guaranteed? They're, they're, they're not going to go 0-5 in them. We know that. The Browns. They'll beat the Browns. Right. That's it. You'd think. Well, we hope. You'd think. So I'm just saying, in this gross age, and the, if those teams sort of keep up, like, like we're saying, if they were to go 2-3, and three, if they were to go 1-4, and four, it's either, it may be not even that they make the playoffs, but to be that last seed in. I yeah. think that's on the table. I, think- I really do. To me, though, I have way more faith in the Ravens' ability to close out the season because of what they've mm-hmm. done the last few years, because of the fact that they have a quarterback who's like 15 years younger than Ben Roethlisberger yes. is, because they have on paper, in actuality, way more athletes mm-hmm. than I think the Steelers have. I have full faith in the ability of the Ravens to close out the season where I think the Steelers could conceivably lose every game right left on i the think the marlon humphrey injury is going to be a lot more important than we let on because a lot of those teams are pass first teams so this could be a completely different yeah. brand that we see over the course of the next week whether face it like who's going to guard Devontae adams now like who's going to guard mm-hmm. all of these weapons that the rams have at their disposal too browns you should probably be fine for the steelers for the most part you should be fine and who's that other opponent bengals so yes. i mean and they just got eaten up in so many ways in that game but i think that the ravens offense could hang with it they way can. more than they I can think the steelers no could. i agree and it's i mean it's going out on a limb to say that they will be under 500 in that stretch but is it possible oh yeah i mean for a team that what they're eight and four yeah nine and four what if they do what the steelers did like last year i'm just saying so even if they were to go 10 and seven eight i and think four, you're right even if they were to go 10 and 7 to finish the year, they would likely get in. But what if those other teams keep pace? Because they it, also, it's the way they lose those games. Because if they lose again to the Bengals, that then helps them out. I don't think they play the Colts at all this year. But like those certain matchups, if you said going back to the, how many teams are within a game? 13. 13. 13. So what if those teams gets like ridiculously hot and wins? Like Miami's as hot as can be right now. What if they were to win out and they're somehow 10 and 7? I think it all comes down to... They, and they beat the Ravens. But I think that's, They would have the tiebreaker. That's you know what, what I mean? it comes down to is you have to win the division this year in the AFC North to have a shot, a, a, a decent point. shot at the that's playoffs. That's a good point. Because last year, there it, it, all the wild card teams, mm-hmm. right, came out of the AFC North. Yes. So it's like three teams out of the AFC North last season. And that's obviously not yeah. going to happen. Okay. This year, I think if you win the AFC North, you're in a much better position. You are. Than and that's, that would be the card. thing, that the sort of the saving grace. And they're in the driver's seat of that right now. But if they were to falter in the... Bengals were to somehow get that game and then win a couple other ones. Where are they? Are they a game back right now, Cincinnati? They're seven you know? and five. Seven and five, so they're yeah. a game back they're, right they now. They are in And the they would have both right of those. Now. So yeah. crazier things have happened. These, these but that next, would be pretty crazy. These next three are really important. Browns, Packers, Bengals. Packers, just because you need to know if you can stack up against yes. the NFC. And keep in mind, I still think the AFC is better than the NFC. I agree. But I think a, a good Packers test right now. <laughs> Steve poor Steve. <laughs> no, but if you beat the Browns and the Bengals... Your season's set. Should be. Should be set. You should be. I also don't think taking these, and we saw it this past week, you would have said that I have a good amount of confidence in them going on the road and even beating the Steelers. There's no guarantee in those division games. No guarantees. Especially those terrible, terrible games those AFC North teams play. Regardless. You thought the Monday Nighter was bad for setting football back by 50 years? Every time the AFC North gets together, the it Monday- basically is leather helmets time. <laughs> the Monday Nighter was simply... Terrible weather, 30 mile an hour I thought winds. it was fun, though. I thought it was great. Yeah, I thought it was a fun We need game. that every once in a while. But you can't have a ridiculous wind game like that every week. But no. every once in a while, playing literally in a snow globe, it's not too bad. You know there's an argument <laughs> out there that every stadium should be a dome now just because of that no, game? No, because then we would, never have, <laughs> we would never have snow games. We need snow games. Do you know they're thinking about building a stadium, uh, a dome in Buffalo? 
That How would, putrid would that be? That would ruin it. That would be so bad. The best part of that parking lot is when you get out of your car and get blown over. <laughs> it's the best part. <laughs> I was like, those tailgates, yeah, I guess some, some crazier things happen. But yeah, I guess weather too. I saw a lot of tweets of guys trying to jump on tables and getting blown around, which was <laughs> fun. It <laughs> was, was gonna really say, fun. Are, are you blaming the wind on the fact that the Bills Mafia Bills Mafia, mafia would be tables? negated though. They have to go inside. Their, their no. antics are no, because it's outside. Use your outside voice. That's the whole point. The, your the outside whole, antics. The whole 10 hours leading into the game are for one purpose and one purpose only. And it's, um, what do they call it? Warming up. Yeah, but it's like, a, there's another, there's like a layer, a liquor layer. A liquor layer? You never heard that? You talking about getting warm because of the liquor? Yes. Yes. Whatever that term is. That's well, the whole reason. They do they a lot tailgate. more than that. They do nope, a lot more than whole, that. That's the all they do. Whole reason. Yes. Um, then there's also the argument that all football should just be played in the South so that it's like neutral. You know, that's where I why all the Super that? Bowls. I'm just saying that's why they put the Super Bowls down in the South so that they don't you, have to you worry love, about weather. You love doing this though. You, Some you love saying say, no, 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 you love saying they. And then I ask for your sources and you're like Lenny. Twitter. <laughs> Twitter. Um, that's actually how a lot of reporters are doing it now. Somebody said Somebody said. He's you're getting right, fired. Right. Yes. You know? Some people out there say, and then they ask Hey, it looks this. like he survived Thanksgiving. So um, some people didn't say he was getting fired. That'll be an interesting one. Yeah. Well. Yeah, I don't I don't know how much confidence I have. But it is amazing he's still there. Especially with all the sources who said he'd be fired. Sources. Yeah, sources. Hmm. Um, so speaking of Southern football, mm. in the most shocking turn of events. You calling Florida the South? Logan, there is no further south in the United States. No, no, no. Florida is its own thing. It's not the south. What is it? It's Florida. Florida. Okay, we're going to move past that. <laughs> okay, in the most shocking It's turn- its own thing. Fine. There's a reason that people want it to be detached and float away. It's, they don't want it associate. It is. It's possible. It, it's, Al Gore was right. Make sure you're visiting home when it does float away. I know. Bye. But it's not the south. Uh, yeah. Okay. Whatever. Those tears are. You realize I'm insulting Florida. I get it. It's its own thing. It's its own thing. We're on the Southern same football. page. I will give Jacksonville is the South, but everything below it is not. It's Florida. Are we a Florida podcast or a Pennsylvania Wait. podcast? I'm not sure at the moment. Isn't Jacksonville the most north part of Florida? Exactly. That's <laughs> what I'm sorry. saying. Does the more compute. the more north you go, the more south you get. They say. Okay. They say. They say. <laughs> Sources you know- say. <laughs> It's true. It's its own thing. Why do you think they have a Florida man uh, articles? Can I transition? They don't say Southern man. Can I transition? You should. Okay. In the most shocking turn of events, which I've tried to say six times Mm -hmm. now, Penn State has made a New Year's bowl game. Okay. They're playing. It's a misleading headline, but okay. What's the headline today? <laughs> Fake Make it news. sound like it's one of like the biggest bowls. Fake news. Outback Bowl, yeah. January 1st in um, the non-South Tampa, Florida. Yes. There you Very go. Very good. Raymond James Stadium, home of the best chicken tenders in the NFL, according to a couple people in the know. <laughs> they say. They say. Sources <laughs> say. Uh, what do we think? Are we shocked? Playing Arkansas, January 1st, Penn State, Outback Bowl. We're, we're going to give this a lot of coverage, so this might sound, but who cares? Kind of, though. <laughs> But, like, actually, though, it's still a New Year's Bowl game. So the game finishes, it's a win. Where do we go it's from there? It's still something to watch on New Year's. It is something to watch. That's, and that's probably what one all... of the biggest traveling teams, they're going to get paid, they're going right. to get their money, they're going to get on TV. Yeah. It's still a big deal. Yeah, it's just a money grab. Well, it's quite literally I'm a big deal. I'm not it's not. Yeah, I know. That's all bowl season is. I'm saying from the fan standpoint of, like, we beat Arkansas, this team we've never played before in our history, where do we go from there? Given it fills up a couple hours. You're right. Playing an SEC team for the second time this season, I think, is important. Okay. I think that's important. But I think what James Franklin has talked more about is, and he said it, we, we chatted with him right after they got selected, and he said there's some value to the bowl game practices in the sense where there are some huge holes Penn State's going to have to fill. There mm-hmm. are guys who are going to sit out of this game, and we are going to see the first iteration of what 2022 will look like. Right. And it could include a new starting quarterback, whoever that if is. If you want to treat it like a de facto preseason game for next year, that's one thing. You lose a month of practices if you don't have a bowl game. A month of practices. Right. You're not allowed to practice in December. That's fair. So I'm I talking about the game itself, though. Like well, the, 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 the lore. No, you're right. And those yeah. are all very valid points. But like I'm saying the actual game itself and the platform and being like, we're in the Outback Bowl. That it's, does it for you? No, I don't think it does. Because it doesn't do it for me. I don't think it does for a lot of people, but I think it is a, when when Penn State just said last year, we're bowl eligible, 
no thanks, we don't want it. Right. It was kind of like, eh, wah, wah, wah. That's true. You know, so mm-hmm. like here's a, a time where we get to debate them for the next month and then kind of see what they've put together. See the, hopefully they have a defensive coordinator by then. See what that person looks like. See, mm-hmm. you know, where this team is going to go. Then you have to wait four months before you get spring practices, three months spring practices, and the first spring scrimmage. Mm-hmm. So this is the last chance you get to see what this team could possibly do. Right. I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think, and I think there is some value for people who really care about the teams and really want to see who the third string punter is. <laughs> Just don't ask about it. Just don't ask about Just it. Don't ask, apparently don't ask about it in media sense. Yes. In media conferences. But I don't want, I, I think the reason I have the biggest red flag towards it is that I don't think you want to be, get caught in this purgatory where this is an okay destination every year. Because no. that's what we talked about before the season, and that's where we've somehow arrived to at the end of the season, is that people have become, or at least team-wise, feels like we've become content with this sort of outcome and this being the conclusion to the year. And I think you want to break that mold. Mm-hmm. Like, in a lot of ways, this shouldn't be okay that they're in this game, given how talented the roster was, especially defensively. Like, it, sh- it shouldn't be okay. It shouldn't be, but given the way they ended, I think it's a nice surprise. See, Logan, we were talking about the I pinstripe know. bowl. I know, and they're all terrible. But, I'm talking about but, none of those bowls. Put your, I'm put talking yourself, about like a higher one. I know, but this is this is about as high as as they could have even. It, no, one I was understand even it is. It I'm saying the it pro, it's, it's more of a summary of the entire season and just where they should be at. Actually, where do you like? Want it's them, like justifying then? the ends of the meets. Like I think that they should be like talented wise. I think they should have been in one of the. Top bowls, whether it be like the Rose Bowl or something like that. But results wise. But it didn't happen. That's my whole debate. Yeah. So it's like so I think I think Penn State fans should be excited that this is the the, the But we bowl need to raise the bar. In. But I think that this is this is a taste, right? Of look, you really a maybe, taste of the bloom and onion? Maybe it's a great taste. Down under. <laughs> no, it's a great taste. Okay. No, but my point is is I, I think this is as good as you could have possibly hoped for. I think if they went into a pinstripe bowl or a tax slayer bowl or God, whatever the so heck bad. all the, irre- the really truly irrelevant bowls are, are that get played on the 26th and the 27th, <laughs> Penn State fans would yeah. have been livid. I think they should be livid now. Into blue and white. Why? I just don't think it's up to what the actual standard of, of where this program used to be. And I'm not the, obviously, I'm like an echo chamber of what I've been saying all year. But it's more of like, I think the fact that they're in this game is more of like a, Okay, here's the entire season, what we feared most almost in a lot of ways. Like, if you hold somebody through the halfway point, they're like, you're going to the Outback Bowl. Like, are you serious? Like, are you serious? Like, it just, and now we're justifying because of the last couple of weeks. And that's what all of Penn State has been for the last, like, decade. But I'm not really sure what you want. Like, this is something my th- better. Okay, but, th- but they, don't, they don't deserve anything <laughs> better. But they're not, and I understand. Better. Exactly. And it's more of a state of the team and the program. So, why are you mad that they're in this? I'm mad at the state of the program and where people are holding them to and your justification for why they should be in the spot because it's what's happened the last number of years. We're in the same spot. I think you need to start. Over and over again. I I think you need to start looking at this in the the terms of the athletes that are going to be participating. Not every team gets to go to the playoff, okay? So this is a closure for these seniors that still want to end their career. They're not even going to play. That's the the thing. But that's a completely different argument because I think Allie's points about the practice and everything, like that and sort of the program, that's all completely valid and honestly on point. My, my my thing, I guess, Logan, is we can't get mad. This is bigger picture. This is like the biggest picture all the way around. But the, but the thing is, is like we can't solve that. And no bowl game was going to solve that this year. If all of a sudden, <laughs> for whatever reason, the Rose Bowl was like, we have to have Penn State in it. Right. They have three losses. Who they knows, whatever. They wouldn't have whatever. earned it. You're right. They wouldn't have earned it. And then it's, it's like. It's not their selection. It's not the fact that they got selected to this game. It's what they did in the process to get there. And do you I understand? Think, and I, I do. But I think that's why, to me, this bowl game gives them something to Here's here's where I'm at. This gives them something to aspire to. You're not playing some nobody from the MAC or whatever, right? Mm. You're playing an SEC opponent. Mm. Let's just go with it, okay? <laughs> In a big bowl game on ESPN on New Year's Day, right? Mm-hmm. Something to aspire to greater, mm-hmm. but you're already in the company of the things you want to accomplish in the future. Okay. A late season bowl game. The if I told you before the year you'd be in the Outback Bowl and maybe even win the Outback Bowl, how would you feel? I didn't think that they had any hope of having a successful season with Sean Clifford at quarterback. Really? I really firmly believe that. Well, then we got to raise that bar. Steve has been raising his hand for a (laughs) long time. Yeah, well, Steve, you kind of stepped on my bit right there, which was (laughs) you could turn this bowl game into something really positive and just say, Sean, you got out of there with a a bowl victory. See you later. (laughs) 
You're done. The they, end of the era? Steve, they, see, they have to. They have like, to. Like, at the end of the day, they play this game and they're having these conversations now of, do you want to come back? Mm-hmm. Do we want you back? Right. All no. this stuff. <laughs> that's, that's where I think we need to be at. Yes. This program. And you know why? So it's because many, of the results. It's so, on so many levels, this program needs to blow it up. To yeah. me, if you have an irrelevant <laughs> They need to be game, like the Phillies. <laughs> No, but imagine, Logan, if you blow up the organization. (laughs) um, No, but okay, so you've committed to your coach, Mm. which honestly at this point in the game is stability and recruiting, which they desperately need with a top five class. You had to have kept Franklin. There's Mm. no hope of fixing this program by being like, hey, peace, Franklin. Okay, so you have that in place. Mm. For the first time in 11 years, he's going to have to coach the defense without Brent Pry. That's already huge disaster. We talked about it with Tom Hannafin last week. The one thing they needed to do was retain assistant coaches. They didn't do it. Now, there's finally promise coming in in the quarterback position in Drew Alar and some of the other guys they have in the program. Christian Veyu looked good the last couple times. He's looked better in practice. If you allow Sean Clifford to come back, given the disconnect he clearly has with the vision of this program, he's going to have to sit. Like mm-hmm. you cannot, you cannot put him back out there and hope to have any semblance of success next season. So next season, if they were to be in, in given this bowl again, or if they were to be in like the Vegas bowl or any of these things, how would you chalk it up based on your painting of the future? If Clifford's there, if anybody's there, if, if that's if their Clifford's end result, there, it's a miracle that they even get back to this point. But how would you feel if it's, if it's, I don't know. I mean, how do you, how do you evaluate? Because that's how I feel right now. I don't want to keep replaying the same movie over and over again. I think the the problem that I have with Penn State's fan base right now is they're looking at... How many you want to get into? Let's be careful. (laughs) Let's be careful. I would like you all to still listen to this podcast. No, No, we love you. But here's... I mean, but I think everyone everyone who's rational about this realizes Franklin has been here for eight seasons. Mm Mm-hmm. It took Joe Paterno over a decade to find any semblance of success. Yes, it was 45 years ago or however many long years ago it was, but he didn't come in and immediately win a national championship. I think the reason I hold that bar so high is because I think Franklin can win. Like, I think he actually can achieve. I know a lot of people don't feel that way. Right, I think he can too. And they're stuck in that. I think he can win. So that's probably where the anger stems from is because they are more than capable of way more than this. And it's been evident in the finishes that they had in those close games this year where they blew them. Like, those are inexcusable things. Do and you, we've now justified that. Do you put that on the coaches or the players? I put it on the players. Because I've also come, have come to the take that I don't think college coaches do that much in-game. You say that about every... I do. I don't, I don't think they do. I don't think they game plan that much. I agree with you on that. I don't think they game plan they that much. They do so much for the quarterbacks. Well, they, of course, yes. They're specific. They call they're out specific the guys. For them. Those aren't they the head coaches, the though. For them. Which it's ones are you getting co- into? It's not the head coaches. But it's the coaches. Those players yes. are not groomed for the me, NFL I didn't say they anymore. did nothing. I didn't say they did nothing. I'm saying it's more about the players. So if It is, though. Why does Alabama roll out the balls and literally win oh, every year? No, no, is no, there no. some Saban. great Saban game plan that yes. he's doing, or is he getting— There are three coaches that have won a national championship Because of the, the talent. Decade. Yes, no, no, because of their talent and recruiting. Yes. Shiner, it's, when was the last—name gra- a great coaching move Nick Saban has done in the last decade. Because they've uh, steamrolled teams. He That's not great to. game plan. No, exactly. But, but Shiner, this is the point. is When when Brett and Dan sat here midseason and they said, do you think Alabama will lose again? I said no because their fourth-string guys are better than 99% of first-string guys in every other program. When Alabama was down 10-3 to to Auburn in the last minute of that game after being absolutely putrid on offense all game, do you think that there was some magical game plan that they randomly pulled out of you-know-where and <laughs> randomly scored a touchdown? No, that was the players. They feared it out on the last drive and then went in overtime and won the game. I think, but I think that's this is the difference between Penn State and this is what Franklin has been screaming at us without actually saying anything. Like <laughs> I mean, he can if cryptic. he wants to. He won't. He just wants us to figure it out ourselves. Is they want to fix this with recruiting, right? Mm-hmm. They haven't recruited a a great running back in a long time. Changes a lot of things. Changes a lot of things, right? They're hoping Nick Singleton out of Governor Mifflin is that I, guy. I think he's that guy. And he could be, but they. But you think about it. Okay, Journey Brown was supposed to be that guy. Mm-hmm. He gets myocarditis, yeah. and it's mm-hmm. and and then their run game hasn't been the same since. In two mm-hmm. years, they haven't had a consistent run game. They relied so heavily on their slightly above average quarterback and mm-hmm. his ability to run. That was as kind as I was going to be right <laughs> I know there. You want, okay. uh, but <laughs> and his ability to run, they take that away from him because he has whatever injuries he has this season and he looks below average. Mm-hmm. 
So much so that Penn State has gone out and said, look, we need facilities. We need assistant coaches that I can retain and pay that are the best in the business because it's not always Franklin sitting in that living room. Well, they need to treat it the same as the operations of teams again in the South or like at these big time schools. Like there's a reason Brian Kelly Lose left academics? to go oh. to, huh? <laughs> there's, a reason, there's a reason yes. Brian Kelly left to go to LSU. And it's because of the things that he had at his disposal. I would agree. And I think it's also, you have big name coordinators, big yes. name position coaches. Yeah. And honestly, Penn And that's what I'm getting at. You have to treat everything bigger. But so my thing is, is none of this was going to be solved. It's not even going to be solved in one season. It's not. Next year's recruits have been solidified for three years. Mm -hmm. This is a solution, which is why they give Franklin the long contracts, is you can't give him three years to fix it. Mm -hmm. You have to give him four, five, six years to really figure it out. We are just, if you think about it, and you think about where the sanctions came out and when they were kind of done with the sanction period post um, everything that happened in 2011, they were just kind of coming out of that when they won the Big Ten championship. Mm -hmm. Since then, they haven't had a quarterback like that. They haven't right. had a Trace McSorley. They haven't had anyone of relevancy because they've had Sean Clifford for the whole time. Yeah. And I think you gave him the loyalty the last few seasons that I'm not sure he necessarily earns for another one. They need to figure out who's next. They need to have coordinators in place. They need to have an offensive coordinator for more than one season. Right. Like, they do. But they also, oh need to, they also need to have a building block season. And that's where all of this frustration stems from is that you keep ending up in these results. I would feel much better about the course of the season. And I reference it, whether it be a Rose Bowl or something, because at least you're building something. But you're they not didn't building to build it right I, now. I understand. Next and that's season, the reality. Yes. Yes. And that's reality. Yes. And I'm saying that's where the step, uh, frustration stems from. If they were to have won some of those closer games and you end up in an actual legitimate bowl, then it's like, okay, there's some rationale here and something get on. If you keep making the same bowl and the same type of mm -hmm. game you're in, what's the point? I think to me, I, I would agree with you if we were two years from now, right? And they were still at this level. Yes. Given the disaster that was last I'm year. I'm planning future devastation. That's fine. Plant As I seeds. always do. Plant the seeds. Um, I, I think if this, given the disaster that was last season, given the fact that they have another new offensive coordinator, given all the turmoil in the defense for the last couple of years, I think this was about as good of a result as they were going to turn out. I'm I think, still mad. I know everyone was so hot on them when they were top five, and I mm -hmm. think we said over and over again, I really yeah. don't feel like no, this is sure. a top five team. But they're somewhere in between. And hopefully they're They're building. somewhere in between, and hopefully, yeah, they paint that in the future, but it's... I would just be interested to see what the narrative is if they win that game or maybe in the fashion in which they win it. Cause maybe that could be different. So, if, they, if they blow doors off of Arkansas, maybe that's a different story. So I have a big question for you. Okay. If Penn state and Pitt play right now, who are you picking? Oh, Pitt. Pitt. Okay. And that brings us are, to is Penn State sitting everybody or <laughs> no? I'm saying full, full strength, strength, full strength, Penn State, and I'm yeah, even saying with the injuries, right? Full strength. Pitt. I would You're say Pitt at the Pitt? Pitt, and you know why? It comes solely down to your your lead decision maker is yeah. a Heisman finalist. I mean, Pitt's had a quarterback they basically, in a lot of ways, haven't had since Marino. And that's and I think I mean, he broke his record. Yeah, based on the records. Yes. Yeah, but I think that's that's what it really comes down to. And I'm not, you know, as I asked Steve, can one player win a Super Bowl? I don't think one a player maybe can. can fix a college program entirely. But the the that sure helps. That's what Sean Clifford wanted to be, though. Yes, he wanted to be this transcendent player. A lot of guys want to be inspired confidence, mm -hmm. but his play just didn't back it up, and then the yes. injury just completely derailed him. Yes, couldn't agree more. Pitt, on the other hand. Yes. ACC champions for the first time I in school I history. honestly still, I mean, like when the confetti was falling, it was kind of mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing that Clemson wasn't in the game. Just, it, it was It was so, <laughs> so weird. weird. It was. It was so weird. And then, like, they're playing Wake Forest. It was like, are we sure? Yeah, it really. The, I mean, it was kind of cool because, like, if you're a Wake Forest fan, like, you know. At one point, I, I tuned into the ACC schedule. And it was, I mean, they were scoring back and forth. So, like, from a stamp, and then it kind of, you know, slowed down. But it was. Pretty good game. Yeah, that first half, 21-14, Wake Forest lead. But Pitt needs to get to that level where it's like it's not a surprise. And I'll, I'll be interested to see once Kenny does leave. It's like, because that happens with programs. They get a guy for a couple years, flying high, and then it's like they're gone. What's next? I think where this state has struggled is there's a very clear line. It's 81 <laughs> right down the middle of the state where it's been using ways. Yeah. I don't, maybe it's not 81. It's gotta yeah. be something further Somewhere. West, but honestly, like there, there's always been a real big issue in recruiting of, do you go to Pitt or do you go to Penn state? And for the longest time, Pitt was like 
the little stepbrother mm-hmm. of the ACC and of Pennsylvania, and no one wanted to go there. Yeah. Like, they all wanted Penn State, and if it wasn't Penn State, they would go somewhere completely different. Mm-hmm. And so now I think what you've seen with Narduzzi in the last seven years is he's building something that seems to be getting some good athletes in there. Mark Whipple resigned yesterday on, or Tuesday, and uh, their offensive coordinator did a lot to transform what that offense looks like into top four in the nation in scoring. But I don't know that Penn State's going to be able to hold all the recruits if you know, mm-hmm. hey, you could finish second, third in, in the Big Ten. Well, it's, or all opportuni- it's all opportunity. It's like, I mean, it's the same rationale for why Lincoln Riley is leaving to go to USC. It is. I mean, you're no, about you're about to enter totally the agree. SEC, yep. and it's like you're going to face these dogs every. Would you rather do that or the path of you're playing teams that your biggest competition right now is Utah? Like, yeah. Let's just be honest with everything. Like, it's the same sort of thing here. It's like ACC right now, and nothing against that is an easier path, and you could probably show out, be more statistically sound than yeah. if you were to go to Penn State, and maybe fight for a second or third position or even playing time. Yeah, because you can be pit and lose to uh, what was it, uh, Western Michigan? If they didn't lose that game, that, if they didn't lose that game, they would have actually been in a real, real conversation, which yeah. is a sad part. Yeah. But yeah, hey. but I think I think what I found in Pitt it, that's so how did they lose that game? <laughs> Well, it was well, early. It was a I mean, shootout, just, yes. 44 to 41. But just, it, was mean, it was early. It was early. Week three. Yeah, but but I do think that, I think Pitt, what they've built, and what Narduzzi is trying to do on that side of the state is something that Pittsburgh needed. Yes, you know? 1,000%. And I think Kenny Pickett was the right guy to do it. And I think when you find a head coach, going all the way back to my Eagles issue, <laughs> when you find a head coach and a quarterback that jive that well, and mm. you have a consistent offensive coordinator who can really – Put his sink his teeth into that quarterback. But you know, in college, it's different. Kick it, pick it, could throw, kick it, kick pick it, pick it, could throw it seventy times a game, and everybody would be all right with it. Yeah, well, if it it, wins, I mean, it works. It's yeah, been it working wins. somewhat. Yeah, I think college football is all about what wins in the moment. You know, yes, and and that's all By it any is. Means. Uh, but no, I think it's I think it's impressive to see what Pitt has has turned into. Mm-hmm. I think seeing Narduzzi now going up against Michigan State where he was the defensive coordinator yeah. will be incredibly interesting television. Mm-hmm. Mel Tucker also a coach of the year finalist. Mm-hmm. So I think that bowl game actually does have a lot of implications and meaning because I think it's it's that's about as good as yeah, it I gets. Think, I actually think it's kind of sad because I think in there's obviously so many things we factor in with the Heisman. Like taking away the actual like what somebody's record would be like as an actual like where they are ranking wise you'd think like just show somebody the stats like Pickett would probably be the favorite Mm. but because you have a guy like you know down in alabama with bryce young who literally just you know happens to be leading the number one team that plays more into a factor than the guy's actual performance you're playing different competition i understand but in any other year you would think there's a guy that actually deserves it but you know he's not going to get it which no. is unfortunate. Yeah, it's 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 why I think the Big Ten, ACC, Pac-12 have aligned against. I forgot about that. <laughs> the SEC. Whatever, whatever that's going to entail. Have you seen it? They have advertisements now. Yeah, about, I'm sure they like, do. Mental I would, health I, I, and all I, I, this do, stuff. Okay. Yeah, it's um, it's it's an alliance. It's kind of just like a bunch of kids like getting together after school and trying to beat up the bully. <laughs> yes. Fine. The bully is still going to hang around. <laughs> the bully is still he's still chilling, top to bottom. He's like, oh, that's what you guys got. You. Yeah, yeah, okay. uh huh. You can combine that bully is about teams. to take home the Heisman, by the way, <laughs> for, for like the twelfth year <laughs> in a row. Yeah. Um. Speaking of Heisman talk, speaking of all of this, I feel like this episode I came in thinking like, yeah, we won't have that much to debate, and wow, we always do. We always do. Because we're so angry. I. <laughs> Towards life. Yeah, a little moody and, in this room. Yeah. Um I think we're gonna. And plus, I'm a contrarian. <laughs> just, just to be one um i think we gotta wrap this thing up with 27 second takes speaking of which let's start with producer shiner back in the building 27 seconds on the clock and the time starts now all right speaking of the illustrious kenny pickett um i don't know if you guys saw in the last game he did a nice long run for a touchdown that halfway through there was a fake slide now as much as the commentators lost their minds and thought it was such a baller move I don't know if that should be legal. I mean, it, when we're talking about player safety and targeting and all this stuff, he obviously was about to slide and give himself up. That made the defender give himself up, and then he juked him and went on to score. Are you more worried about the player doing the slide or the defensive players? I'm just case? saying if we're going to do all these crazy rules with targeting and ejecting players, I mean, that's almost in the same level if you're going to fake trying to draw a target almost and then you end up juking them like where where do we 
set the line here? Well, like, I mean, are you allowed to fake slide when starting the motion of the slide is giving yourself up, and then that puts it on the defense for them to have to hold up? Should it be considered an illegal play or a flag in some right. way, shape, or form? Do you take the points off the board? Here's the answer, and it's not one that I believe. It's the reality of the thing. Any call that favors the offense will be what they do. Mm-hmm. That's it. Done. So they will then not make it a thing. Yeah, no, I know. It's I can not agree going with you. To, it's like a player safety but thing it's to just everything. A thought thing. There like, is so much rationale, you know? and it's it's more of an NFL thing than anything else. There's so much rationale. It's like, well, why aren't you consistent towards it? We want more points. So they will yeah. always err on the side of that, even though at as least opposed the to NFL what's right. is being consistent that if you lead with your head as an offensive player, they can also call that a foul. And they I usually mean, don't get those calls right. They usually so, don't. Unfortunately. I'm just I'm, I'm posing the, the fact that should it. It probably should. It probably should. It's not but going it won't. to be. <laughs> that's where we always are. Moving on. Anything that's right. It's football. Anything that's the right decision, nobody gets right. They don't care for the most part about these actions. Like they say they care about player safety and then they just like completely go against it in so many actual case study proof. To me, I mean, also, it was a baller move though. <laughs> You're like, I really enjoyed it by no, the way. No, but that's the thing. <laughs> it was pretty like, dope. It, 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 but makes, I, it makes great highlights and honestly, and like, also, how many times do you see that? It, well, I don't think it's going to become a thing. And it's also like, it had to be such a specific thing, like, and, and he really didn't even go that low. Like, you know, it wasn't like he was like halfway down and was like, <laughs> just kidding. Like, he like, yeah. he like, defies gravity. No, he like stuck his foot out and they were like, oh, he's sliding. You know? yeah, he's, he's but like, if you're going to throw the flag on the defense that can't hold up in time when someone starts to make his slide, yeah. you, you, there's got to be a two-way street there a little bit. It's been a dead end for a while. You know what, though? He still ran for 40 more yards after that. I did. So I mean, like, somebody, I mean, what, someone catch what up with we, him. And somebody was like, Kenny Pickett just ran for 55 yards. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, you sh- I was like you, a run? Post-fake slide. Yes. <laughs> Oh, Shiner. For that. Welcome back, Shiner. Yeah. Hey, glad to be back. Yeah. Uh, Steve, you got anything over there? You got some. You got something on your mind? You burning? Yeah. All right, yeah, let's I give do. him 27 seconds. I think he has to time himself, and his time starts now. So I'm back on my hating joint. Yes. Um, Thursday night football. One team that couldn't beat the Lions versus a team that lost to the Lions. Steelers versus the Vikings. Should be an uh, interesting game. I think uh, – you know, it's got playoff implications, but I just wanted to throw that out there that these are two teams that are kind of good, you could say, but not really. They, you know, they lost to the Lions or couldn't beat them. So Steve's take there, and he didn't want to say it, is both teams are not that good. Yeah. <laughs> I think and he, he, he masked it by saying that they're good. Read between the lines. <laughs> I know what you're, yeah, exactly. I know what he's doing. It's what we call lion. Yeah. Lying, yes, <laughs> I, yes. I love it. Lying season. Would that make both those teams frauds? It, yeah. You know what? They might just be. They might just be. And you know what's funny is that there will be a team at the end of the year. But, I mean, technically, by definition, anybody that doesn't win the Super Bowl is a fraud, right? No. I think so. No. Like, by definition, that seems accurate. No. If a team overachieves and makes the playoffs, it doesn't make them a fraud. That makes if them an overachiever. If somebody buys you a Christmas Losers. gift that you don't like, are they then frauds? Because I'm going to go out on a limb and say yes. That's why no one's going to buy you a Christmas present. Uh, Probably not. You're getting coal in your stocking. (laughs) Honestly deserved. 100%. Maybe if you're a fraud. (laughs) Some would say. They are saying that they would be frauds. Logan is a fraud. I am. Speaking of frauds, you got to Oh, I got something very fraudulent. All right. Logan's time starts now. We need to start giving issue to the task at hand that is this world and the problems that come with it we are facing a shortage on so many fronts now you go into any chipotle fajita veggie shortage we're soon to be facing a lettuce a lettuce shortage there might be an extra we're facing a wing shortage the world might end and the cockroaches will be around and we're gonna run out of food and i need all of these places i don't know to get more food (laughs) Logan's hungry. I mean, they have food, but it's not the right food. We're, why is there so many shortages on everything? The thing about the fajita veggies thing that really bothers me. But that's been me, going on for a year. But that's the thing. Like maybe like, two years. I can go to the grocery store and, and buy there. 400 peppers. Yes. What's happening? So why can't Chipotle they, find that's them? That's not the take. Not get more food. Go grocery shopping. Right. If I bring you the peppers, will you cook them? Yes. I'm with you. It's frustrating. I know. I used to work at a pizza place where sometimes if they didn't have something, they would literally have me run next door and go and then make it. 
the the Duncan that I frequent quite often, you know, for my coffee you work and, there? and all those things. No, I just okay. go there. Yeah. Um. They the one day they were out of napkins, and so the manager went and bought napkins. Makes sense. And he handed it to me, and I was like, "Huh?" And Isn't he it was, the same thing? You get any shipment of stuff from anywhere else? Uh, I, Why can't we ship in fajita veggies? I'm I'm with you. It's or been the what, what's going on with the wings. I and soon to be the lettuce. There's a wing shortage? There is. Do you want me to end this? And pack? that's why, again, that's why Rick Ross is worried and wants the thighs. <laughs> I, that's not a joke. That's no, like true. a real ad campaign. I'm going to end this podcast on probably the most preposterous statement I'm about to ever None say. None of that was? I've never had a chicken wing before. Thanks for making it to the end of the episode. If you've gotten this far, you clearly must like what you've heard. So could you subscribe, rate the show, and leave us a review?